Welcome everyone to another Lakeside Drive podcast. You are here with the two superstars. We've been, we've been abandoned by our fearless leader, James, who is gallivanting around the UK. So it's just going to be the two Thomases giving you a preview going into Singapore. Hello, mate. How are you? We do have Zeke on the other end who is producing from the city. We are wireless, however the internet works, whatever it's called. But uh, good on you, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. How's it going, fellas? Good. Good to hey, see I've you, Zeke. Since James has been away, our, uh, our listenership. You do love to look at that, don't you? Skyrocketed. No, I haven't even looked at it. I, just I don't think it correlates, let's be honest. I think it's just a fluke. <laughs> no, it is. We miss James, but it's uh, it's nice to just podcast with you, Campy. It is. I enjoy it. I really enjoyed your uh, your podcast with Freya, actually. It was great. Yeah, thanks, mate. Kicked off a, uh, kicked off a very good weekend of sport, really. We, uh, I went to the grand final on Saturday. I saw that. I was going to send that to the, the group chat because yeah. I don't know if everyone follows uh, Ricky. I was like, maybe they'd like to see the camp man out and about and he's going out beanie. Well, believe it or not, we were sitting right directly in the sun and the uh, camera probably doesn't show up, but I've, oh. got a, I've got a mean tan line <laughs> from where my beanie was sitting on the head. But The old raccoon. Oh, cracking game of footy. Oh, it wasn't a good game It was of a footy, pretty bad game of football. It was a good atmosphere, but uh, it was good. Got hooked up with some free tickets and uh, Jack Miller in the Mo GP got a win in uh, got a win in Japan. So hopefully Danny Rickers and Aussie can replicate that this week. Oh no, it's not <laughs> Singapore. It's Japan's next week, but yeah. So hopefully, uh, no, it was good. It was good for uh, sport Orient and the All Blacks got up Saturday night too. So. Who cares about that? Bang, really? bang, bang. Nice. Well, you've had a pretty terrible year of sport, so you can have one week. I can, I guess. I can. Essendon's really just set the tone for you, didn't it? That's terrible. We'll be right. <laughs> Moving forward, on to bigger and better Moving things. Moving forward. Um, so we've got some calendar updates, which you and Freya touched on in uh, the podcast earlier this week. You also touched on a chat with Christina yes. as well, uh, a bit of a profile on Christina, which was really interesting. But So let's kind of go uh, over the calendar, but in yeah. a different way. What, what do we want to bring up about the cal- calendar? Yeah, I think I've said everything Friday. And if you haven't listened to it, I've... Um, that's probably a good thing, but if you have, I might repeat myself. Yeah. 24 races is way too many for Formula 1. Yep. I think what we need to do is we need to head in a bit of an NFL direction. Yeah. 15 games and 16 games in a season, plus your finals, which is bigger than Ben Air over there. But we need to make the races that we have big events. Yeah. What we don't want is we don't want racing for the sake of racing. Yeah. And I understand from an economics and a business practice point of view yeah that what they're doing is is especially the races in the states and the united arab emirates just you know it makes this sport so much more viable but the cross the problem that you have then is that races are there just because they're there yeah and they're not spectacles i mean we've got we've got some cracking tracks coming up we've got japan malaysia brazil coda you know, fundamentally good tracks, and these tracks I've said it before. These tracks of Japan, one thirty, uh, they have they have a character outside of themselves, not just as a country, but the track and the corner names specifically. You look at Rouge and Magnus and Beckett's and Camel Straits, and you know stuff like that. They surpass the sport and they make the sport what it is. But the problem is, going to UAE, I wouldn't know any of the corner names going into those places. And it just dilutes the spectacle of the sport. So I think if we go back to a smaller race schedule, but make them events, and then if you want to add more races in, keep your 12 core races and then have five or six that happen on a biannual sort of level. And and that's the way it works for me. But I know money talks and bullshit walks and... 
that's where this sport's going. And under Stefano, Stefano Domenicali's reign, he's been very clear about where it happens. So. It's the problem that baseball in the States has had for a long time. They have 120-something games in their regular season. Yeah. So no game really ever means that much because it's a fraction of a total season. Therefore, the points can just be got next game or next game or next game. Yeah. If you only have a limited amount of games, everything's worth more. So what you see is in a season like this with how many races we've got, Max can amount that much points to the point where the deficit is not able to be overcome with the remaining races sooner, yeah. which is what we want. So we want to be able to claw back the, the difference in points for longer into the season, which you get with less races. I understand, and it's the same problem that every sport has, we don't want to produce less events because every event is sponsorship dollars, is yeah. gate revenue, is all these kind of things. So I, I can't see it going back down. If anything, it's going to increase because they're in it to make money. It's a prop, it's a business that is run for profit, yeah. not for, I don't know, goodwill and sporting, which is what we sometimes like to think it is. It is, unfortunately, it has shareholders, it has people who want to see a return on their investment, and yeah. the best way to do that is to have more things to sell, which is race weekends. So that yeah. is what they're going to do. Yeah, it'll be taxing on teams, not on the drivers, yep. but teams and, and the individuals in those teams. Yep. I mean, that's going to be... I thought you raised a really good point, which was like, are we going to have this kind of B-team kind of thing happening? Because you can't ask all of your crew to be running that long. The, the drivers are different because they can kind of fly in last minute to some degree. Yeah. Whereas you've got some people who are there seven days for a race weekend. Like it is, it's a full-time gig around race weekends. If you've got that many squeezed into a season, that's not a lot of off time. That is very arduous on a, and you've got a couple of triple headers. Like that is a long time away from family. So you are going to have this kind of sub out nature. And even, I think the cost cap is another great point that you guys made is that you're not really taking into account how expensive it is to move this sport around the world. Christian Horner made a great point. We're producing six, seven, eight engines anyway, one, eight, and then we're taking them around the world, but you've cost-capped us, so we're not allowed to use them, we're not allowed to have more engines in the pool, all these kind of things. It's it's now becoming a bit of a farce in the fact that the, the sport is trying to make more money, but they're limiting how much money the teams are allowed to spend. Yeah. I get that there needs to be some regulation. They're trying to create sporting, but when when you see the the owner slash the arbiter of who runs the sport spending and gaining all of this cash, but teams are only limited to so much. It, it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too sure about the economics behind the sport, but I imagine freight must be disgustingly, yeah. disgustingly huge. And you think about it's not just getting the cars and the teams there. It's the paddocks that they set up. They set up mini... You know, motorhomes in two days yep. that, that has all the catering, and then all the business is done down the, down in the you know in the in the pit area behind it all weekend. Every team's got it bigger than Ben Hur. They're trying to outdo themselves, and I mean the sports are saying that we're going carbon neutral and working towards those things. But yeah, they're just, just offsetting stuff though. They're offsetting. They're not actually yeah. fixing the bloody problem. No. You know. Anyway, look, it's it. Look, it's going to be a fine balance, but I think they will realise that twenty four races is too much. But you can trim the fat off that. They've done the good thing by removing um, removing France. Yep. Like, Which was the biggest, like, pimple, I guess, in the season. That's the, the ugliest yeah. of them all. Yeah. And it's one of these newly designed F1 tracks that doesn't really... 
it's not it's not a spectacle. No. You want events you want events like Monaco and Melbourne. I mean qualifying Monaco is one of the most watched the best qualifying of the it year is, and that's yeah, why you watch it. For sure. Um you want the spectacles. Melbourne as an event is it a cracking event. There's always stuff going on outside of it. I mean you've got stage with live music happening. Multiple <laughs> formulas, like you've got a yeah. lot of categories running which we don't see at some of these other events, which is we just get just Formula One, otherwise the track's empty. Lot like Brazil. Brazil's got absolutely nothing, just F1s and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's as an event, it's not a great event. No. But, yeah, hard part of the world to get to apparently. Um, yeah. It but is. in saying that, look, I think we've got to have our eyes open. It's gonna yeah. be bloody hard for us next year. It's Point, just a lot. It's just a lot. And the problem is is the further of F one season goes along. As true fans, do you get really cynical about the sport and it's really hard to stay positive about it with all the stuff that's coming. But you need to look at it as, hey, we've got, you know, every two weeks basically well, we've got a Grand Prix. If we've got any – if next season's anything like this season, Max runs away with it oh. and we're talking about potentially six races, seven races where it's a dead rubber, the season's already won – that's that's not engaging to the fans. I think you're actually disingenuous, and that product is actually those six races are actually not worth as much as they could have been if you had had two less races, and so kept it interesting for longer. And yeah. I don't know. I think it's it's this something fundamental about it's this greed of more events, more everything actually diminishes the the quality of the product. So when yeah. someone does watch, and we're just running around in a car park because someone wants to have a race in Vegas, because it's actually a worse product to watch yeah. and diminishes. The entire thing. I'd rather cut ten or eight tracks off the calendar. Yep. Give the teams the six engines. Yep. You know, so they're driving on the max all the time, yep. and they can push the engines further. So there's that less engines blowing up and less back of the grid penalties. And <laughs> but but if you've got a say an engine for three races, you know you can take a gamble on a circuit like Spa where it's a very high power, yep. and you can blow a motor on that whole thing, knowing that you got tracks like. You know, like a lower, like a Monaco or a or like a Red Bull ring, where they're not as power sensitive, and you can save their yep. strategy. I mean, we're still operating. What well, next year we're supposed to be operating on 135 million pound? I just don't see how, don't see how it happens. But nope. anyway, look, this is what the sport's got to do because yeah. money is not the issue in the sport. No, There's plenty of money going round. Yep. And if you say to teams it's open slather, they'll put a brand new engine in practice one, practice two. Qualifying Agreed. and race, and there'll be no issues like what they yep. like Ferrari and that used to do. Yeah, just which, replace the engine. What we used to have was unlimited peak of performance. Yeah, which is what we used to love about the sport, which was it, it was unabashed. This is as good as it gets, as fast as it gets, because this engine has to last ten minutes essentially, and then it's done with. Yeah. it's here to be as fast as it can. It's not here to last. Yeah. a road car is designed to last hundreds of thousands of kilometers. These are here to last hundreds total, yeah. and that's it. And they're happy for it to be over and done with so yeah it's i mean we're getting into a, a whole different issue other than the calendar and which is it like i suppose the running of the sport which well talk about it like what f1 used to be you used to be able to put technology on a racetrack that eventually flows down to your road cars yep i'm not sure that f1's in that place anymore no with this hybrid engines and Globally, the motorsport industry so and the motor industry and the car industry is changing. There's not a lot of room for these high-performance cars. No one wants to spend half a million dollars or a million dollars on an electric car. They want something with a motor that's flat out, maybe a combination of what we've seen in F1 to date. But moving forward, I mean, I, I just don't see it 
Mm. It's not like that. It's not like we're creating technology to go back into those roads. You can cars. you can go back and look through before like the 2010s. All the technology that was in F1 slowly made its way into road cars. Everything like braking systems that regenerated heat into battery power, like that ARS, was stuff. Recovery systems. Yeah, curve all systems. Cars, all yeah. those kind of things were actually yep. developed and moving in. ABS was like first pioneered in. You could actually stop quicker by stopping the the wheel rotating. That is now in every single car on the road. That yep. is a very smart piece of technology that F1 has developed, and I don't think that is happening anymore because we're governed by this money side of things and this half-ass kind of you can develop within these regulations within this specific engine within yeah. these specific things when it's not actually can you create the new way forward for motoring and technology like there were so many things well look at COVID for example how many of these f1 teams retooled and started going into medical production and creating respiratory systems and things that were actually top of the, the pinnacle of science, basically, because these are the best people we've got in engineering and they're mm. kind of, like, handcuffed and follow these specific rules. No wonder people try and, like, cheat and find loopholes so they can actually do something innovative. Yeah. Well, but then you get things like the DAS system on the... Yeah. <laughs> on the Mercedes. Do you want that on your, on your Navara? No, I don't <laughs> want that. But it, ser- <laughs> it serves a purpose in Grand Prix. I'm not sure it serves a purpose in your road car. Yes. And the gap is getting, what we're trying to say, is the gap between what's happening on track and what's going into production cars is getting getting wider. And I yeah. think that's where I brought up with James and we didn't really get the articulation on the podcast. Where is the sport going? What is its identity and what do we want to do moving yeah. forward? And that's where I think we're in limbo and we haven't quite figured out like from here and now, it's it's okay. Yep. Um, I think the first turbo hybrid era was definitely in line with where everyone's going. For sure. But there's so much consensus. Politically, they're saying, oh, we want every car to be electric by 2020, 30, 2035. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. A, we're not solving the actual problem that you're trying to fix here, which is climate emissions, because we've got to dig it up. There's not enough resources to replace those cars. And those cars are generally, I mean, the F-150 electric truck they bought out is three and a half tonnes, sorry, it's 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 2.1 tonnes heavier yeah. than what the standard F-150 is. It's full of batteries. It's full of batteries. You've got to reinforce the steel and it creates more weight and more problem. Therefore, it's putting more energy into the production of it, which you're not getting back with the technology going into it to actually fix the problem. Yes, it might make people feel good, but I think people are waking up, particularly in the motor motorsport industry, and going, why are you guys trying to push this shit on us when you're not actually fixing the problem or addressing the real issues that, what, yeah. that you want? It, yeah. Uh, for so long, and we, we've, we're the old guys yelling at, at the sky, but... yeah. Nickel mining and finding lithium and all these kind of things is some of the dirtiest mining you can do. Ugh. It doesn't account for that. Also, at the end of the day, you still have to produce electricity, which is still fundamentally done by coal. Which is, <laughs> it is perplexing that people go, electric is the way. Where does the electricity come from, sir? And yeah. that people just go, oh, you really have to think about things. So we are the old guys yelling, but what we would love to see, I think we both agree here, is hydrogen. Hydrogen, hydrogen is, the is, <laughs> is renewable. It is... It might be volatile. Is the only thing I'm worried about on no, track. There's, there's technology. I've, 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 I've heard of technology because you know, for whatever, through being in the electrical trade, I've heard of technology that's out there. 
that you, you you know you can turn the hydrogen into a fertilizer type which is safe to travel with you don't have to travel with it you know under ma- under massive amounts of pressure like you used to yep. and then you re-energize it in a fuel and you can put it on it like you'll have a gas bottle on the side of your house which powers you i mean that's the sort of stuff that's out there and beginning to come out and wouldn't that be the nicest technology to gift to the world from f1 being the pioneers of that well you've got to create it in a clean way like, yeah don't you can make hydrogen off anything it's like hydrogen is a byproduct of something so yep. it can come off things like brown coal or coal and you can take the hydrogen or attach it on it and turn it off but you can also make it out of the the uh the sea movements and the movements in the tidal offshore and stuff like that yep. so i mean there are some great technologies coming out there but we're talking about bigger issues moving forward now mm. because because you've got to let the petroleum industry actually take their hand off the amount of influence and power they have and then disperse it to let other things come in. And it just ain't going to happen, which flows, which makes... Look, and the point is it flows down and gives us problems in Formula One because we're struggling to find that identity with what the, what the cars we want to see, what the what the implications are for the investment into these racing cars and what it comes back to. Now, look, there's way smarter people than me than get out there, but, I mean, electric cars are cool and I drove a Tesla the other week and I'll tell you what, it was bloody... Did you? Mate, it was... It's quick, isn't it? It was absolutely amazing to get in that thing and feel the acceleration, but you know what? I'm not... Would I buy one now? No, I would because it's a good novelty, but... Well, I'm trying. It's not sustainable for everybody to be yeah. in that in the near future. No, it's so. not. And how far can you go? All these kind of things, the range. We're not set up with the infrastructure to have these things. We are getting so far off topic, by the way. I know. Which I'm and here for because we need to get this out. Can I just say we? I, I listened to a, a like the, I listened to like a cars guide thing, a, a YouTube channel the other day. They had a top of lines portion on eleven. And they did a drag against. They did. They did. I think they did 150 mile drags. Versus a Tesla. Yeah. The Tesla won a hundred and uh, won once, and it won on the first run, and it did the quickest time all day. Yeah. In saying that, the Porsche did the same thing consistently a hundred and fifty times. Yep. On a full tank of gas, yeah. and didn't have to stop and recharge every four <laughs> hours just... to do it. But the Porsche beat it every other time, so it can get that performance once. Once. But then it doesn't move that moving forward. Oh. So, and I'm not sitting here poking fun at Tesla because what they're doing is great. Yep. But there's this massive gap between the reality of the situation and then bringing it back to Formula One and what it actually means for the greater motoring public. And that's the issue or the uh, the identity yeah. in which our sport will struggle with to move forward unless they get some clear vision and clear figure out where they go from. Yep. Yeah, geez, that wasn't bad. <laughs> it was a bloody <laughs> a detour. A detour indeed. Um, what's his name? Yuki Sonoda. What's his name? What a transition Yuki. that was. We are professional around here. Yeah. I'm just trying to look up and see if I can find how many years it is. But Yuki Sonoda has re-signed uh, with the Red Bull group. Yeah. Uh, and therefore at AlphaTauri. I'm just trying to find out how long for. What do you think about the signing in general? Do you think he'd earn that seat for next year and ongoing, if I can find out how long for? I think he's done enough, yeah. I think he's done enough to hold on to the seat in comparison to Gasly. Yep. It's his second year this year and he's had some cracking results. He's consistently beaten Gasly. Yep. I think Gasly probably still takes the cake in that relationship over the year, but he's done a hell of a lot, of, you know, a hell of a lot to get it to drive next year. I think Red Bull 
probably think they're going to lose Pierre to Alpine. Yeah. And I think that's why they signed Yuki, because they don't want to be left in a situation where they've got no drivers. Red Bull's junior academy is very slim at the moment. It is, yeah. We've just heard that, you know, the news came out this week that they missed the opportunity to sign Oscar Piastri early on and they yep. didn't jump on it when they should. Rookies. So their stocks are depleted other than Max Verstappen up the top. Yep, I mean, which is bloody good to have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just don't think they wanted to get caught out with Pierre possibly moving to Alpine and yep. them not having two new drivers or two drivers to come into a team next year. It's Would not you... good for consistency. It's not good for development It's because you can't get a, a gauge yeah. from between year to year. So yeah. I think that's why they do The only thing I would say is, is this not the year you would potentially want to have? It's okay to have open seats. There is a lot of talent sitting on the sidelines, you could argue. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you were to, say, have two seats empty, I think you'd be the most desirable seat just about. If that Alpine seat is gone like we think... Who's the next best after that for a seat? It's you're better than Haas. Well, it's DR. DR, but do you know what I mean? Like, so if, if you are AlphaTauri, I think it's not the worst thing to have open seats right now when there's some talent fly- floating around without a confirmed drive next year. Yeah, there is some talent there. There is an abundance of people trying to get into F1 with not enough seats. So you can kind of set the terms. You can be one year deals. You can kind of stay flexible. Yes, you would like the consistency, but I suppose. You could have taken the risk and gone, we're not going to sign Yuki. We think that we could potentially find two drivers or what's Yuki going to do? Where's he going to go? I don't think you – it's like what we said about Ocon, I think, almost, is why did you sign Ocon for four years at the time you did? Mm. He had no drive anywhere else. He didn't have any other – who were you bidding against almost? And after the year that he'd had yes. in his first year back yep. to perform in two races where you got a 40-year-old come back into the sport to sign him that quickly, yeah. I thought – Gee, that's an oversight. I just, I just don't think you were competing against anyone for Yuki's seat. I don't think there was anyone going to steal him from you yeah. that you were worried and about. If I'm, if I'm Pierre Gasly, and we've said it before, you want to get out of that Red Bull organisation because yep. they've clipped your wings and they're very clear, or publicly they've been very clear about him moving up to the top team yep. again, which isn't going to happen. So he's got to get out. But if I'm any other driver on the grid... I want to be in that Red Bull program yeah. because if they decide to pull the trigger on Perez and drop him for whatever reason or he goes back to another team or his contract's up and they don't want to renew it, you are in the box seat yep. historically to get that top drive because yep. they always promote within. Yep. Now, I, yeah, we've talked about Danny Rick going there, but you know that conversation is never ending at the moment. Yeah, It's well, gone quiet on the Mercedes front. You know, We've had a couple of weeks of... That's how Mercedes operate. Remember the George saga? That took forever yep. for them to get to that decision when we kind of all thought, why haven't they just said it already? Um, so I, I wouldn't hold out. I wouldn't say that that's a done deal and it's not going to happen, but we'll just wait and see. I think Daniel's in a good position that he's going to be the best driver available, as you, you pointed out with Freya on Friday. He is the best available, so he just needs to hold tight. And fingers crossed one of those seats is available and it's not the Haas. No, you wouldn't be going back across. <laughs> no way. Unless the, the check is very, very large. Well, the problem is, is you've got... The problem with Haas is you've got three or four races at the start of the year Yep. to get your results. Yep. And you're just going to slowly taper off all year in that car because, because of... they don't develop and they the can't. ...development yep. and, and the resources there to do so, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. So imagine Danny Rick going to a Haas 
I mean, you get testing and then you get three or four weeks to prove, three or four races yep. to get the results and prove that you still belong there in a car that's probably going to be a piece of shit anyway. Yeah. You know, it's not, oh, mate, that'd be, a, that's just a tough year. That's like yeah. working for Williams in 2018. Which is why we. one of those mechanics just like, what? Which you, you go, okay, let's, let's play the smart card. Say Lewis has got two years left. Just bide your time, hang out in Mercedes and get that top drive. No, is that yeah, worth doing? Spend out of the sports, not good for you. Yeah. I mean, there is some exceptions to the rules, but where you live in an era where one year maybe you can come back from. Yeah. I mean, we've had a few, we've got a couple of drivers on the grid that, I mean, we've got Alonso, we've got Ocon, yep. we've got Albon. Kimmy not too long ago, left and came back. Yeah, I mean, we are in that era where you can do it. Yeah. I just can't see. Lewis ain't going anywhere. <laughs> he surely can't keep going forever, but he's still at the peak of his powers, you'd well, think. he's only 37 or something, so... Yeah. I mean, it's not... No, but you'd, you'd argue, how long can you stay in that top team, maybe? I don't know. I, I, prove me wrong. We've seen Tom Brady do it in NFL, so oh, nothing's, mate, out, nothing's out of the he's question. He's 2-0 at the moment, <laughs> but he's still, still got an arm on him. It's ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Anyway, um, congrats to Yuki to side, you know I mean? Yeah, I do, we do like Yuki. And, and my comments are obviously more just thinking as a business kind of decision. Yeah. Saying you don't have to sign someone necessarily just because they're there. You have the ability to go, no, I'm going to play our cards and be smart about this. I think the dumbest decision was Alpine signing Ocon for so long. No one was outbidding you. You can give him a one-year deal, give him a two-year deal. But to give a long contract just seems you've just lacked flexibility and you've literally screwed yourself out of Oscar. Yep. That's exactly what you've done with that by signing for too long. How's idiotic? Yep. We'll get back to the boys in just a moment. And yes, we're all looking forward to the Singapore Grand Prix. But I want to take you to our sponsor for this episode, NordVPN. Now, NordVPN is a brilliant product that you've heard us talk about over the last couple of weeks. And I'm still using it. I'm still overseas. And the feature that I found most useful in the last couple of days specifically has been the region feature. Being able to switch between different regions in the world to unlock content that is otherwise only available in different countries. It means you can get onto Netflix and if you're sick and tired of watching Australian Netflix, jump across to the US or to the UK. Same with Amazon. Same with trying to watch any kind of live sport because sometimes it can be an absolute nightmare. Now, the best thing is right now, NordVPN is continuing this epic deal for Lakeside Drive listeners. You can go to nordvpn.com forward slash Lakeside Drive and get two years at a heavily discounted rate plus four months completely free. And the best part is there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. So even if you don't like it, you can cancel it, get a refund, pretend like it's never happened, and continue on with your life. So why don't you check it out? Go to nordvpn.com forward slash lakeside drive or find the link in the description below to get this awesome offer. All right, let's get back to previewing the Singapore Grand Prix. Anyway, moving on. We are heading to Singapore for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Was it 2019 was the last time we were there? We've got a few tracks like that, don't we? Yeah, it's been like that, yep. What are, your, what are your memories of Singapore? Oh, the night race. Yeah. I oh, mean, it really is an international city, right? It's, it's, yeah. I've not been to New York, but I get the idea. It's one of those cities that doesn't really sleep. Yep. There's always something happening. Malaysia and those Asian cities. Those hubs of, yeah, you know, been, travel and transport. I've been to KL and places like that. They come to life at night. Mm-hmm. It's like there's, it's, 
the difference is night and day. Look at him go. No, but as a spectacle, it's great. It's a gruelling track. It is yes. the toughest drive um, on the calendar. Yep. It's just so look, I it's the look, well, I, quickly on that. When I s- did play the video games, that was the track that I could just never figure out. Yeah, you an Xbox original guy? Yeah, PlayStation. PlayStation guy. I love that. But I just could, I could just never get my head around where I was on the track. There's so much. Then there's, how many turns is there? It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's like 130 turns or something. No, I think it's that's not that many. But, <laughs> but um, quickly on that, they're still saying that Albon is looking like he will be back. Well, good. That's that's quite interesting from having, like you and Ke- uh, Freya mentioned as well, this is after some complications after a routine surgery. Yeah. Even still, you've been cut open. You have to, your body has to recover. You're going to subject yourself to many G-force around a very grueling track. That's that's a lot to ask of someone who's just been bedridden for a week and a bit. Say, ah, oh, he's they're professional athletes. These guys are super fit. They know if they can do it or yeah. not. He'll know in practice whether he can get through the race. I wonder if he's even more keen to make sure that Devery doesn't get back in his car and do well again, just to cement himself a bit more into F1. Not that I think anyone was looking at Albon in that way. They were more looking at Nick uh, Latifi yeah. as the, the disappointing thing. But I think Albon would still like to go, you know what, I would have been in that car and I would have done better than DeVry yeah. in that race is what people want to say. <laughs> Technical difficulties can't be. Oh, no, I've just lost an airport. It's it looks sad. like just you and me, Zeke. <laughs> <laughs> I'll relay any any hilarity that you throw out to us, Zeke, so don't worry about that. It's long gone. <laughs> we'll find it later. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's been a while. I've, I don't really remember a lot of Singapore because no. we've, we've only been there that one year since the podcast started and I've been playing catch-up really, so... I am very excited. I think that was that was the race that Danny Rick uh, got disqualified in qualifying because his engine over overrevved zero point zero zero one of a millisecond and uh, oh, what a load of shots. That was his first year in the Renault. But uh, we've had some. I mean, so that was twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen was the year that um, Max, Kimi, and. Vettel had that crawl. No, maybe I'm going back a few years. Well, they crashed when it was wet. We had a wet, we had a wet Grand Prix. Yep. at night in the, on a track, which is just outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're like, okay, it's already night, and I've got just yeah. lights beaming in from everywhere, and let's just throw some drizzle on top of it yeah. with slippery conditions, driving a bullet basically. That Dave, is insane. DR's had some mega drives there in in the. Uh, yep. In the Red Bull days, yeah, some mega drives. Which is why I think that we should watch out for Red Bull because they are going to be pretty unbelievable. Yeah, you think McLaren's going to absolutely suck this this like they're going to be the probably the second worst car on the grid. Yeah. I'll tell you what. and I think Mercedes will be good because dependent. There's so many corners on this track for them to be <laughs> shit around, <laughs> which automatically means they're going to suck. Because they're, they're shit going into corners, and they're shit coming that's out. Why of they're good at, that's why they're good at Monza. There's only like <laughs> it's ten three corners turns. to get it wrong. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that is it. Now I think in uh, temperature dependent Mercedes, because we'll see yes. we'll see at altitude and at high temperatures the Mercedes very much struggles. It it's been probably yeah. the fatal flaw that they've had is lacking the ability to get air into their engines yeah. to cool adequately, and that's been their Achilles heel. You'd say even through their dominance. Yeah, and that would be like that. That's more so in places like Mexico. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. But if we get a very very hot Singapore, which I don't think we will, yeah, that could be something that uh, that trips them up. 
the calling the calling's gonna be the biggest issue. Yep. How much are they gonna to have to strap onto that car to make it cool, which compromises zero. Exactly. Um yep. Because it is a high downforce track too, so it is. There's a fine balance between the amount of downforce and anyway, it's yep. gonna be a cracking weekend. Yep. It's a spectacle. It's a great it's a night race under lights. What time is it for us actually? It's actually normal European time, so Okay, so it's a standard normal yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm looking forward to that Japan Grand Prix, a bloody four o'clock start or something. Oh, oh it's going to be excellent. And then we go into the dire part of the season where it's six just same, morning races. Six a.m. <laughs> start. It's, it's gonna, yeah. Well, that's when we. I, I don't mind them because I can go to bed and then just watch them in the morning. Yeah. The the issue is when you're in that limbo of like, do I stay up? Do I go to bed and wake up again? That's the yeah. uh, that's the fun times. Yeah. I think the last thing we've got to do here is. Uh, Maybe throw some predictions around. Throw some predictions, some wild predictions. Wild predictions. Well, I think Max clinches the championship this weekend. Well, so for that to happen, correct me if I'm wrong, but Leclerc needs to finish lower than eighth, say. Is that something? I think the point differential is he needs to finish. He's won the championship regardless. Yeah, but I think he can clinch once and for all. Yeah. If Leclerc falls below eighth or if... Leclerc comes seventh and Max gets fastest lap or something along those lines. But yeah. you need a Max win and you need uh, Leclerc to nice. fall low in the points, um, which, to be honest, is not out of the realm if Ferrari do Ferrari things. Oh, I'm also going to say that Max is going to win this, barring any safety cars yep. and on-track incidents. I think if it's a you know race flag to finish, uh, yep. start to finish, uh, he's going to win by 30-plus seconds. Oof. Even on his teammate, Perez. That's, you're saying a pit stop ahead, he's going to win. Mate, two pit stops. Like, it's going to be 30, 35 seconds plus. It's, oh, that's how much I'm giving him. I mean, wow. Like, he's just going to absolutely dominate this this race. Yeah. We know Red Bull has traditionally been the best downforce car. They've taken a lot of that. They've compromised that downforce yep. this year, in the and I think they've just hit the perfect sweet spot where they're great in straight lines yeah. and they're great round corners too. And I think the ability for that car to strap on more downforce and get it working harder and like to, to grip more, I think it's just far better than everyone else and he's just going to destroy the field this weekend. Well... What about one of the, the back teams? Have you got an unlikely points getter? Anyone? I'm thinking maybe this is a VB, a yeah, VB track. He, he's been a bit quiet. He's, he's taken some penalties recently. Hopefully he's got enough engine parts in the pool. Yep. They can get it together. Maybe it's one of those ones where he just has a, a lightning qualifying, gets himself in a good spot and can go on a, oh. a strategy that works because – he is a professional. He's driven this probably more than some of the younger drivers. Yep. You'd say some of your – like, I don't know if they do this on the calendar in F2 and F3. That's a good question. I can't remember if it is, but you'd argue – don't go to Europe too nah, much. They, they, they stick to Europe, you're right. So I wonder if someone like a VB who is a bit, sure, a bit of a veteran, is this one where Alonso, Daniel, Bottas, kind of your elder statesman of F1 who've done a lot of years because it's been since, since 2019, so a lot of these people haven't been in the sport that long. Yeah. Yep. You'd wonder if maybe they've got a leg up and just know a bit more. You can go in the sim as much as you want, but when you get there, you're driving at night, you're driving with all these other conditions. I think this could be one for the, the veterans. I would love Mick Schumacher to come out and make a big, big statement this weekend, come out, get in the points, qualify yep. well, good start. Because he's qualified well in a couple of races this year and he hasn't got the starts. Yeah. 
So, I'm look. Let's hope oh, yep. he needs he needs to do something because he's moving on from Haas. He had some conversations with Ferrari about his future. Yep. And I I don't know. Sorry, I don't know what the uh, the outcomes of those, but I know they were happening. He probably sit like a Giovinazzi in that same under the Ferrari banner, but yeah. not without a drive. You'd think. But if he wants to drive next year, he's got to start. He's yeah. got six races to go. Yep. Right. I need people to talk about me, and I need to get some mm-hmm. cracking results. So. Yep. Let's hope he can do that. And oh, who else do I? I think want to one, and I think you'll like this, is Alonso. I think this is a race oh. for Alonso. That car has been solid. He's been stuffed up by his team, positions, grid penalties, etc. He's been driving excellent, and I think this might be the one that where it comes together. He's got a bit of veteran savvy. The wily old fox can maybe get it done. I just think that. I think. I think. Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull are just too far gone for the likes of Alpines to get the podiums. That Especially in a high downforce like you're mentioning. Yeah, I just think this is this is the easy track for the engineers to get right because they know what to do. Yes, there's still car setups and they get it right, but fundamentally they're not searching for answers or questions when they go into it. It's a street circuit, it's tight, it's high downforce, that's what they want. Yeah, I just don't think Alpine... I mean, I think you're right. They'll be the fourth best grid on the car, but realistically, they're fighting for eighth and ninth. Yep. Seventh, eighth, ninth and tenth. And, uh, you know, I mean, guys, he's driven here four or five times as well. Yeah. So I'd be looking for that. Danny Rick, I'd want him to get a points finish, but realistically, it's only going to be ninth or tenth. (laughs) Depends on where his team hangs him out, to be honest, let's be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's where we're at in the season, really. It's it's that time where everything is going into Lando to secure as many points as they can for him. Yeah. But also, they'd be stupid to give up on the team, the constructors. They're not out of it if they knuckle down and get some races. That's still well within their reach. Nah. You don't reckon? No. But for the Alpine, I think Alpine will Alpine will get fourth. There's no way that McLaren McLaren would have to develop a a brand new car in the fight for fourth. There you go. You heard it here first. If they get it, I want Campy's punishment to be something. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it'll be a good weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Make sure you jump on the Discord from uh, from practice one. Give us all your insights. Yep. In you know insights and thoughts of the Grand Prix. Tilly Willie's been uh, an LBS just been. Mate, they've been... They've been top-notch? Oh, Other than LBS man. picking fights with you and just trying to goat you into comments, isn't he? He's trying to goat me into He's, he's, done <laughs> he's some, trying to wind done you some up. very good gifts. <laughs> he's just, just poking the proverbial bear <laughs> and getting it done, which we love. I think that should be an award almost in the Discord is the best shit stirrer of the week that's trying to wind you up. It's, it's a carryover award and he's had it for months. Oh, yeah, it's quality. <laughs> Where's uh where's the merch at, Tommy? What are, what's happening with we've merch? We've got some mate? merch underway. Uh, underway. We've got some things, and we're going to do some exclusive stuff for our Patreons, which is really cool. Yes. So if you're a part of that Patreon, you'll get exclusive look at merch. So that's an incentive. You know, we we we'd ask that you don't have to do that, obviously, no. but if you, you do want to support the show and make sure that Zeke gets fed and. Campy can buy some more beanies. That's that's the way that you can do that. Um, we just do it because we love it, and we know yeah. that you love it too. So we don't. We want to give you a bit of a reward as well for jumping in there. We're not ever going to put a paywall behind content because that's no, no, that's we don't not like where that. We're at. We're just, but yeah. no, we we appreciate the people who have jumped oh, on already. Massively, Absolute legends. Massively. Uh, 
Um, but there's other ways you can support. You can jump onto YouTube and subscribe there. And even if you watch, I think it's like a minute or something that counts as a view. So just do that a bunch of times and get some views up. Let's. Yeah. Same with the. Uh, we're Subscribe on all platforms. Listen we're slowly to slowly getting to that thousand. It's getting there, and I think James thinks that there's a magical hill that we climb over at a thousand, and we get access to things. So that's it, kind of it fun. actually is a thing you get access. So uh, that would be really helpful. Well. Even if you've got a work email, maybe sign up to YouTube on that and just. Chuck it on there. Yeah, get your kids to do it. Do yeah. It. If your kid's got an iPad, jump on and subscribe on their iPad. <laughs> Just They might like to listen to Campy's opinions on Ferrari and, <laughs> and climate change. That could be educational and also traumatising. So let's do that. <laughs> that, could be, that should be the subhead of this, educational but traumatising. Educational. <laughs> hey, I should go to teach <laughs> <six graders. laughs> I think that might be it for this podcast. We've we've done all right without our fearless, fearless leader, but hopefully he's back next week and we're we'll reviewing what's Singapore. He, what's he actually doing in the UK? Gallivanting is what he's doing. He's over Just, there on a, I think he secretly loves if you follow, the Queen. If he wanted to go visit the uh, <laughs> Her Majesty, <laughs> not in her greatest form she's been, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what he's. I think he's. Doing I think he's a big there. fan of old sausage fingers himself. So maybe he's just gone over there to celebrate. Oh, he'll that. be doing UK things, just going to the pub every day for. a Yeah, bit. that's kind of what I'm seeing on social media. Yeah. Um, so if you follow James Baldwin official, I think it is. You should definitely give him a follow. He has some good content on there. Has he got his tick yet? He's. Uh, I, hope, <laughs> I want him. If there's someone out there that has access and can get him a tick, that would be the best thing we can do for James. His um, ego and head will grow <laughs> ten times bigger than what it already no, is. No, but he he's and let's quickly throw this in there. This is an unpaid sponsorship, but James does a lot of work on a lot of other yes. podcasts and things, and he's doing some really cool stuff in Extreme E, which yeah. was on this weekend. So he's been working hard. And McLaren applied too. Him and Fro have done some cracking stuff with them, good yep. interviews. And, uh, no, look, we love Jim. Yep. Well, man, you do this for fun. Jim is firmly in yes. the, I want to do this for a job. Yeah, he's and I'll dragging tell you us. What, I'll tell you what, <laughs> a guy that is putting in as much effort as Jim, it pays off yep. eventually. And uh, we're just here to support him, man. It's good to be part of his dream too. Definitely. We can just chicken him from the side. <laughs> Which we will <laughs> remain to do. That is our right. So, yes, if you can get around James and all of his endeavours, I, th- I know he will and very Freya's much appreciate And Freya's also it. as well. Yeah, Freya's, Freya's also excellent. Yeah, Manus is still here, but... <laughs> Manus is dealing with... It just seems like an endless stream of chaos in his household <laughs> with Irish work man, and sick kids and who knows. He's just, he is fighting through and he will get back on the podcast he eventually. does send his regards. And he always just texts when something happens in MotoGP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we love. Right, mate, Don't change on dominated us. yesterday. It's worth, a, it's worth a watch if you want to. Yeah. Um, okay, yes. we'll stop rambling. Thank you very much, Zeke. You've Thank been you excellent man. as always. Thanks, fellas. And uh, yeah, support us in all those ways and jump on to NordVPN and snag a snag a subscription. Yeah. Watch some real Housewives of Atlanta, Campy. Real Housewives. Is that what you're about to go do now after we finish the podcast? No, mate. What is the Real Housewives of Atlanta, mate? And so he's going to lie that when we came to a podcast, he pulled open his laptop and it was open with episodes of it. He can say it didn't happen. 
Clearly, the missus has been watching Arena or something. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's logical. On your computer. Righto. Share yeah. computer. Share computer. Righto. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, guys. That's um, why you get NordVPN, so you can delete your uh, history. <laughs> so no one well. The government doesn't Especially know what you're watching. Especially when you share a computer with your missus. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.